Good morning, everybody. How's it going? Hope you are doing well this morning. Um, hope your week has started out well. It is Tuesday, April 27th, and we are 69 episodes into the Pilgrim's Progress. I really thought I'd finish this, this book in about a month. Um, it only takes a few hours to read, and I thought, you know, it'll only take a the max this could take would would be a month to get through this book, but lo and behold, it's been three months uh, into this, and it's been such a journey for for me to go through uh, this book in just really small um, increments. And right now, we are in a conversation that Christian is having with ignorance about his faith. Ignorance, ignorance is saying, "I believe." What What are you challenging me on? Why? What's What's the problem with my statement that that I'm saying? You know, I, I believe, and and Christian is pushing him because uh, this ignorance that um, this person's been titled with it. The picture of him is a picture of a person who's ignorant of the law, ignorant of themselves of who they are, and it's a picture of of who we are at some point in our lives, especially if we've been exposed to some level of, of gospel teaching. Uh, ignorance has heard the gospel, but he says, well, I believe that. That sounds good to me. I'll believe that. I, I want to go to heaven. I don't want to go to hell. And, and it's nothing deeper than that. And so Christian begins to explain the gospel and and show him that you can't believe in someone that you truly don't see the need for. If you you can't see if you can't see yourself for who you truly are, then you can't truly trust him and believe in him because there's no need to. And so we'll pick up where we left off. Uh, I'll read again what I read at the very end of the last um, podcast, but Christian says, well, ignorance says, um, why, to be short, I think I must believe in Christ for justification. Christian says, okay, how? Think thou must believe in Christ when thou seest not the need of him? Thou neither seest thy original nor actual infirmities, but hast such an opinion of thyself and of what thou doest as plainly renders thee to be one that never did see the necessity of Christ." personal righteousness to justify thee before God. How then dost thou say, I believe in Christ? He's like, you, how can you say that when you don't see yourself as wicked? You don't see yourself for who you truly are. And this note that we left off uh, last time from the author, he said, here we see how naturally the notion of man's righteousness blinds his eyes to and keeps his heart from believing that Christ's personal righteousness alone justifies a sinner in the sight of God. And yet such talk, bravely of believing that their faith is only fancy. They do not believe unto righteousness, but imagine they have now or shall get a righteousness of their own somehow or other. And what an awful illusion. And so from that point we continue and Ignorance says, well, I believe well enough for all that. 
And Christian says, well, how dost thou believe? And ignorant replied, he says, I believe that Christ died for sinners and that I shall be justified before God from the curse through his gracious acceptance of my obedience to his law. Or thus Christ makes my duties that are religious acceptable to his father by virtue of his merits, and so shall I be justified. Now, if you're listening closely, listening closely, this is not an uncommon line of thinking. And this is a line of thinking that I know I had for a while, and it's something even as I read this, I I see myself. And a note here from the author, he says, Here is the very essence of that delusion which works by lie, and which so much prevails and keeps up an unscriptural hope in the hearts of so many professors. Do, reader, study this point well, for here seems to be a show of scriptural truth, while the rankest poison lies concealed in it. It utterly subver- It is utterly subversive of and contrary to the faith and hope of the gospel. So we have a, a note here. He's saying, be careful because this looks like scriptural truth what ignorance is ignorance is saying here <clears throat> he says this this is something that many professors he says use to keep hope in their hearts but it's unsc- it's it calls he calls it an unscriptural hope and so christian says let me give an answer to this confession of thy faith thou believest number one with a fantastical faith for there is no for this faith is nowhere described in the word. This faith you speak of, it's not described in the word. Two, thou believest with a false faith. Feigned faith, I think, is what uh, the more scriptural term. He says, thou believest with a false faith because it takes justification from the personal righteousness of Christ and applies it to thy own. And this faith, number three, makes Christ not a justifier of thy person, but of thy actions, and of thy person for thy action's sake, which is false. Number four, therefore this faith is deceitful, even such as will leave thee under the wrath of God in the day of God Almighty. For true justifying faith puts the soul as sensible of its lost condition by the law, upon flee, flying for refuge to Christ's righteousness, which righteousness of his is not an act of grace by which he maketh for justification thy obedience accepted with God, but his personal obedience to the law in doing and suffering for us what that, re, what that required at our hands. This righteousness, I say, true faith accepteth, under the skirt of which the soul being shrouded, and by it presented as spotless before God. It is accepted and acquitted from condemnation. These these words like uh, acquitted, uh, justification, imputed, these are all common words to hear in a court of law. You'll hear these words... um, a lot of these words here you'll hear if you listen to lawyers speak at all. They they talk about um, false uh, or or imputed. They talk about 
Um, they even talk about faith. They talk about bad faith. They talk about um, this, again, this word acquitted might be something you've heard before. And and I think it's very, in, I think it's important for us to understand this because the Bible says many in that day, many in this day that he speaks of will say, Lord, Lord. And he will reply to them and say, I, I never knew you. And we're told of our own hearts that they're extremely deceitful, extremely and our heart can tell us all kinds of things uh, to to make us feel better about ourselves. Uh, we're we're told that the man that the tendency of us is to do what is right in our own eyes, to look at our what we're doing and say, you know what 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 I'm doing is right. What I am doing is the right thing to do. I, there's nothing wrong here, but that's the natural thing. No one wants to accept that what they're doing or where they are at with their faith may be the wrong place. But as the author reminds us here, he says, this is true faith gives you the sense. True faith is, is something that comes from your true nature being revealed to you. Uh, The, the person of who you are, the, the person of sin that, the, the wickedness of yourself, the helplessness, the the fact that your righteousness, your righteousness stinks in the nostrils of God. Well, that, that's not a natural state of being. Uh, th- this is something that happens when uh, God reveals it to you. And so this is something that, it's not something we can make happen in our lives but as as we go through things like this and um, there's maybe a, a lack of understanding or something about this doesn't make sense I would ask instead of just dismissing it that you look into um, look look into yourself search the scriptures and see what is what are we talking about here because we we had four things that Christian pointed out that made uh, that described the faith of ignorance and we, I'll finish here with this a note here from the author. He says, under these four heads, we have a most excellent detection of a most dangerous error, which now greatly prevails, as well as a scriptural view of the nature of true faith and the object it fixes on, wholly and solely for justification before God. Uh, justification before God and acceptance with God. Reader, for thy soul's sake, look to thy foundation. See that you build upon nothing in self, but all upon the sure foundation which God hath laid, even his beloved Son and his perfect righteousness. Wow. Now this is something, this is a, a, a direct admonition to, to us to look at our foundation, examine what we've been built upon. A lot of lives fall apart that claim to have been built on Christ. And it's confusing to weak believers. It's confusing to non-believers when a person who claims to have a foundation of Christ doesn't stand 
cannot stand or, or their life falls apart. And I'm not saying that a true believer or anything uh, or that a sign of true pilgrimage is that you have no sin or no faults in your life. But again, the the faith in your in your life uh, must be able to weather these storms. Um, but anyways, on that note, I've got to jump off uh, here this morning, but I hope you all have a great day. I hope you will take some of these things and consider them. We didn't look at any scripture specifically this morning, but I'll go ahead and drop a couple in the notes that were referenced. Um, I hope uh, if you have any questions or this is something you want to discuss maybe off the air or maybe even on the air here, I'd love for you to reach out to me. Um, this is something that I know, as I've, I've said in many many times, this uh, this book, uh, this teacher of Bunyan, that God has used in my life to uh, really change the way I think and, and the way I um, see uh, the gospel all throughout Scripture from beginning to end. And I knew it was the case before, but I, I didn't understand. And even now, I'm not trying to act like I understand all Scripture um, in light of the gospel, but so much more today than I uh, did uh, just a few months ago. So anyways, guys, I hope you all have a great day, and God bless you. Y'all take care.